whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show, season two, episode five. My name is Dan Frost and as always, supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, no Alex tonight. Uh, we've got Beck and Stacey. Um, guys, I think I think Alex is kind of like a lot of us and just still recovering from an unbelievable divisional round of playoffs. And let's get straight into listener questions because um, the listener question off the top is uh, your highlight from the divisional playoff round. I'm going to start with Beck. Yeah, like crazy football this week, but this is playoff football. This is what we expect to see at this time of the year. But how can we not go past the Bills Chiefs? Like that last two minutes of the game, I think we've seen four touchdowns in a matter of two minutes, which is just insane because like the whole game was like hard to score a touchdown. They weren't easy to come by. And then in that last two minutes, they just... I don't know if it was soft defense or just super skilled and talented offense. Like Patrick Mahomes, they just could not stop him. That number one defense in the league and Patrick Mahomes was running all over them. So like just a crazy game. And then to go into overtime, like them Chiefs. It's it's absolutely wild. And I guess we could spend the whole episode breaking down that particular game because, yeah, like all of the the games, that one was historic, you know. There, there were so many storylines to it. You know, I, I guess what, what, what sort of sprung to mind for me was the imperfections in both of those teams throughout the year. And you almost got the sense that they were just waiting to get to this game. And, and once they got here, forget form, forget some of the imperfections on defense, offense, you know. Uh, it was just this was their moment. And I just don't think we've seen two quarterbacks go toe-to-toe, play at such a level. And, I mean, you've just – You've got to feel sorry for Josh Allen. You know, nine touchdowns across two playoff games. He's the he's the first player uh, to sort of achieve that and to um to go home. It's um yeah very very tough. But uh, I guess we've got a lot of we've got a long off season to to chew on that. And I just wonder whether we've created a monster. You know, what does Josh Allen look like next season? Like you know, you, you just can't help but think this guy's going to level up again. And um, yeah, scary times for the AFC East. Stacey, in particular, the New England Patriots, kind of got me a little bit nervous. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see catch some fire from Josh Allen. All right, Stace, give it to us. Um, listener question of the week. Um, your highlight from the divisional playoff round. Who day? Who day? Bengals. That's who they are. Burrows just come up clutch. I mean. He's one, I think he's only the second quarterback in NFL history to ever win a playoff game despite being sacked eight times in a game. And I think that that was another quarterback, uh, Eagles quarterback from 2004, which is just crazy. But man, that Titans game was just next level and it was shootout for shootout. I don't necessarily think that it was the best game that either of them played, but I think it goes to show the kind of character that Burroughs is and and the fact that the Titans have come up, you know, in this position a couple of times the last couple of years and just have, you know, crapped the bed, unfortunately. But, hey, I've been on the Bengals bandwagon this whole season, so I'm pretty happy at the moment. Yeah, it's uh, I, I guess it's easy to predict after the fact. You're like, yeah, of course the Bengals will win. But, you know, Tennessee, the number one seed, again, Derrick Henry coming back. But, uh, you know, that was certainly no match. And, you know, thinking about... Joe Burrows and the absolute, uh, I, I guess, 
he was absolutely dominated, you know, because of the collapse of that offensive line. It, it just takes you back to when you were a kid, you know, you go over to your friend's house, you get a significant injury or, or, or something playing sport, and you're like, no, nah, I'm going to pack up my things and go home. You know, you, for Joe Burrows to take so much punishment and just get back up, maintain his composure and win another playoff game, I mean... Like, like I said last week, this guy's effectively a rookie. You know, he lost he lost his first season through that injury. So um, incredible what these young players are doing. So Joe Burrows, the Cincinnati Bengals progress. Uh, incredible. Uh, look, for me, uh, my my big highlight, I uh, come from a losing team, but um, certainly um, something you can still be proud of, and that is the great uh, Thomas Patrick Edward Brady Jr., uh, Tom Brady, uh, in his loss to, to the LA Rams. Look, it was looking a little bit... Uh, Concerning there for a long period of the game, LA Rams were totally in control, but I guess they, they did everything they possibly could to, to I guess, throw that game away. Um, Cam Akers, uh, he's going to have a difficult uh, week in uh, in review, reviewing that tape. But Tom Brady, his performance is at the end. You just see when he locks in, you know, he's, his performances, if you look at his performance in not only the fourth quarter, but... The, the final minutes in the fourth quarter compared to the rest of the game, it's like he absolutely transforms into into this uh, you know amazing quarterback that we know him to be. Came up short. Um, Got to give a little bit of, uh, of credit to Matt Stafford. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about him tonight. But, yeah, Tom Brady, if that was his last ever game, unbelievable performance. But at the end of the day, just didn't quite have the, uh, the roster to compete. I think, like, too, we almost saw that, you know, they almost made – the Rams into the Falcons of the Super Bowl, which I think would have been a super interesting storyline as to, but you know, Tom Brady, he's the best. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was tough. You know, Mike Evans uh, beating Jalen Ramsey on that touchdown. That was spectacular. And I think, uh, I think Ramsey, he's going to be chewing on that for quite a while. That's for sure. All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment for tonight. The breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, let's jump straight into our feature games. Uh, look, the playoffs, they're, they're certainly heating up. Uh, let's jump to the AFC Championship game, uh, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, some people, a lot of people predicted that they were potentially uh, going to reach uh, this game, but... You talk about their competitors, and there wouldn't have been too many people that predicted the Cincinnati Bengals uh, to be in this particular game. Stacey, I have to hand the mic over to you because uh, you called it. Let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, yeah, talk us through, I guess, their journey to this game. It's um, yeah, it's been pretty special. Yeah, look, you know, we've, we've been I've been talking the whole podcast about the Joe Burrows and Jamar Chase connection, and and I think the team is is more than that. Um, you know, now with everyone playing everyone so many times and seeing so much scout, we see starting to see that teams starting to catch on to Jamar Chase, in which case that opens up the rest of the offense. You know, you've got T Higgins, Joe Mixon, who I think is going to be key in this game. It's the effect of what he's going to be able to do to take that pressure off Burrows and Jamar Chase. It's all about going to be pounding the rock, controlling the clock. I think is going to be the biggest thing. Beck, it's, it's, I guess in a lot of these playoff games, you try and think about, you know, what what would a Bengals victory look like? How do the Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals beat the Kansas City Chiefs? How do they beat Patrick Mahomes, who we'll talk about in a second, who's in 
historic form. I mean, what, what what's your thoughts on this game? You know, if, if you're trying to, if you were to sort of come in and think about what a Bengals victory would look like, how would you how would you describe it? What needs to happen for them to get a monumental upset on on you know one of the biggest stages? I mean, I think the fans would go insane to see the Bengals win to begin with. Um, but I think, I mean, there's a lot of factors that have to go into what they're doing. They're obviously scouting a shit ton. But one thing that I don't think the Bills did very well that I think the Bengals could improve on for their game against them this week is they need to keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. Like they need to spy him. They need to do something to stop him from scrambling out of the pocket and, you know, extending plays or even just running the ball. Like in the in the game, Patrick Mahomes was the lead rusher for that team. Like he ran more than the running back. So for them to be able to at least have an opportunity to stop this offense, they really need to bow down on Patrick Mahomes and just stop him. But then at the same time, it's super hard because then they have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey out there that are just freak athletes that Mahomes would probably be happily sitting in the pocket and throwing to. So it's 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 going to be a tough one for this Bengals defense, but I think their offense um, is just as weaponized as this Kansas City Chiefs offense. Like they have some massive players, like we said, Joe Burrows himself. You know, it's his second year in the league, and he's playing like a vet. Like he's they call him Joe Ice because he's just so chill. He's so calm. He just he doesn't look nervous or you know thrown in the pocket when things go wrong like he's he's playing very smart football at the moment and i think um yeah he just he has these weapons to throw through jamar chase like even though they did cover him really well and he only had five catches it was for 109 yards like it's not like he's not impacting the game even when they are covering him and then like stay said they have you know higgins and mixon even tyler boyd can step up and make some great catches when he has to as well so Interesting, you know, these two teams coming up against each other is going to be something epic. I think too, like from a defensive perspective, the key to maintaining homes is, you know, obviously the Bengals have been running this base sort of 4-3 kind of defense. And when you've got that many offensive weapons on the field, it really comes down to their defensive tackles and, and their DNs. And, you know, Sam Hubbard, he's had a great couple of games the last couple of games. DJ Reader also really making an impact back there. But, you know, their secondary also has a lot to say for that as well. You know, their free safety in Jesse Bates and their strong safety in Von Bell. I mean, if they can get a key on Patrick Mahomes and like, like Beck said, keep him in the pocket, that, that's going to help at least slow them down. And I think this game's really going to come down to who has the ball last. Yeah, uh, the ability to slow down Patrick Mahomes, good luck. That is certainly going to be challenging. And I think, you know, a couple, a couple of things for me is, you know, the Bengals shouldn't necessarily be here. I feel like they're a year or two early. Um, so what that means is that their team is still a little bit imperfect. There are elements of the entire roster that still need improvement over the next few seasons. And where is their biggest problem? That offensive line. Oh, my God. I, I think, you know, obviously for the Bengals to win, Joe Burrows has got to survive this clash. You know, and I know that sounds dramatic, but that offensive line, we haven't seen a line like that collapse uh, in, in a very long time. And, and, and it wasn't just a once-off. You know, this has been a line that has struggled, uh, has struggled week, on, week in, week out. So, look, it is very, very concerning. Are you going to be able to flip the uh, personnel in a week? Certainly not. You're going to have to do a lot, a lot of coaching. And you're going to have to change your scheme and be able to uh, provide some additional protection there for Joe because, um, you know, he 
he's not a guy that holds on to the ball too long, I don't think, like a lot of young players. He's um, quite reasonable in the way in which he goes about his business, but he just does not have enough time to play and has to uh, has to create on the run. So uh, I think you know a big focus for Cincinnati is how do we protect Joe Burrows um, this week? And I think too, like if you look at the stats, like in comparison between Burrow and, and Mahomes, like Joe Burrows has been sacked 51 times this season, 51 in comparison to Patrick Mahomes at 28, right? So, I mean, clearly the offensive line has been an issue this entire time, but they still be, and you're exactly right, he doesn't hold on to the ball very long. He's got one of the quickest releases um, of most of the quarterbacks in the league. So, I mean, if he can get his field of vision right, and as long as the Chiefs don't throw too much at him from a defensive perspective that's a little bit odd, um, I think getting that ball out early is going to be key. I think also we need to talk about special teams and how much of an impact they become during playoff games. I think we've seen the Chiefs kicker, um, Butker, miss two kicks during today's game, one field goal and one extra point. And that could have been the, the, the points that lost the game for them. Like they were lucky enough that it went into overtime and they got that opportunity to win. But it could come down to a kick in this game. And, you know, when you look at the rookie kicker who was so confident coming into kicking that game-winning field goal against the Titans to um, Butker with all the experience behind him, like who are you backing? Like as much as these offences and these defence are what's in the middle of the game and what we watch the most, it really is the kickers where it comes down to win or loss sometimes. And, you know, and speaking of, you know, the rookie kicker from Cincinnati, you know, McPherson, he was one of the best performing kickers in the league this season. And, and like we said, special teams is definitely key. And he was the, actually the only kicker selected in the 2021 draft, selected 233rd overall, uh, sorry, 233rd kicker drafted overall in NFL history. He was taken in the fifth round. Uh, in 2021 so I guess you know the Bengals actually did that one thing where you go hey we need that person to be able to score points and they've they've got it in McPherson yeah and it's worked out really well I just wonder can he play left tackle Uh, we might have to sort of sneak him in there because it is it is dire times there in Cincinnati and uh, you know we we all know what the issue is and you know we're going to be watching this game very very closely because um, you know Chris Jones there's going to be some players that are going to be coming after Joe that's for sure all right guys let's flip it over to the other side and let's uh, dive deep into the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, again, you know, you, the reason why I say not everyone expected them to be here is because of their weird, um, un-Kansas-like start to the season where, you know, they really historically struggled on defense and they were a bit sluggish when it comes to um, the offensive side of the ball. In particular, one of the things that sort of crept into Pat Mahomes' game, we spoke about this last week, was the turnovers. Stacy, how are you feeling about Patrick Mahomes right now? Because if you look at his... I guess, production over the last couple of weeks, it appears that the old Patrick Mahomes is back. If not, he probably leveled up against Josh Josh Allen. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, you couldn't split Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes when they were playing against each other. It was like Mahomes was back to his vintage days and you just have to hope that that can hold on. But, I mean, from an offensive perspective, Offensive perspective, Tyreek Hill is just this human pinball machine. Like he's just this crazy, crazy athlete that you just, you have to watch and go, holy balls, what is this guy doing? But for me, you know, the key to this is actually 
uh, Tyron Matthew, you know, Honey Badger. If he's not back, because he was obviously he went out in the game versus the Bills with a concussion, and he's really that key on that defense from a communication standpoint and, you know, kind of bringing the pound a little bit. If he's not there, like, I, 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 I worry about their defense a little bit. Beck, the other thing I'd say on the Kansas City Chiefs is they did show their hand uh, against Buffalo in that they had to sort of come up with a lot of different, you know, I guess creative options to to I guess take down you know one of the the Goliaths in the in the AFC. You get a bit of a sense that they they, they might try and sort of uh, I guess change things up a little bit this week. But some of the things that I that I spotted, Patrick Mahomes, he found his wheels. You know, this is something that you know, probably has evaded him for a little bit. You know, he certainly sort of came in, he sort of came in through sidearm, easily was able to sort of step out of the po- pocket, but his ability to actually run Lamar Jackson style, I mean, we, we, we saw that on display and that just puts the defense on their heels because you've got the receivers, which we've spoken about, you've got Tyreek, you've got Travis Kelsey. The running game we'll get to in a second with the running backs, but Patrick Mahomes' ability to actually rush um, you know, it, it was massive in that playoff game and probably something they'll lean on here. Yeah, 100%. Like you said, they kind of started the season a bit a bit tough, unexpected. We all expected them to come out with a vengeance after losing that second Super Bowl. Um, but And Patrick Mahomes, I think it probably shook him a little bit and he kind of questioned his ability at the start of the season. And I think that's what we saw from him throughout the season, just hold, like wanting to just keep everything simple. And that's not Patrick Mahomes, right? That's not the guy we're used to watching. Like we're used to watching this scramble quarterback, extends plays, fast on his feet, you know, gets first down. Like he is, you know, we talked about him as a rusher and and as well as a passer. Like he is great at both. And to see him finally get back to his roots and show us why we he's so hyped around the league this week was it was fun to watch I mean it was frustrating from a defensive perspective I 100% get that because they probably weren't expecting him to come out and do that so they probably didn't scout it as much as they should have or plan for him to be you know to be rushing as much as he did so it kind of I think put them on their heels um but, yeah, coming up next week against the Bengals, we may see that again. We may not because I think the Bengals are a very different team to um, the Bills. But, too, like, I mean, we spoke about Mahomes and his issues, or you know, for this season. And it, I, I honestly think it really came down to the fact that their defense was not good. Mm. The defense was horrible for a awesome. very long time. And I feel like he took a lot of that pressure on himself which kind of got into his head again, which is why, like I said, I'm concerned if Tyron Matthews not there for them no, it's a good, in this game coming up. It's a good call, Stace. That secondary is suspect, definitely, to, to the point where they're rotating players in and out, you know, limiting snaps on a few players. Uh, Daniel Sorensen, he, he's a guy who definitely gives up um, some killer big plays. Um, Beck, just a quick question before we jump into our predictions is, how do you deal, you know, I, I guess if you're Andy Reid, how do you deal with the letdown, you know, that emotional letdown? I mean, Effectively, you just play the Super Bowl. You know, let's be honest. The Buffalo Bills, they were a genuine contender. They could have won it all. We probably won't see a game like that for years and years and years. How do you deal with that emotionally? I mean, with all due respect to Cincinnati, good team. Joe Burrows, a lot of offensive uh, power. But, you know, to be honest, everyone's expecting Kansas City to win this game. Is this a little bit of a trap? You know, could we see, you know, a bit of a slow start to this one as uh, Kansas City try and recover from... Yeah, what was an incredible uh, divisional round? 
Yeah, it 100% could be a trap, right? Because after this week's game, Chiefs probably think that they have the upper hand because they've played probably what they thought was the Super Bowl game and won, right, against this Bills team who had the number one defence in the league. And then to come up against this Cincinnati Bengals team who's a bunch of young players that are still, you know, learning their way through the league. But as a head coach, I think when you are in the league as long as, Um, Arians is he's probably experienced all of this before he's prepared for this like he's been through this before like it's I know sorry I I gotta Andy Reid I I always do that as well yeah I gotcha I gotcha are they they similar Bruce and Andy yeah 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 they look pretty similar definitely um no all right guys well let's let's jump into our predictions now um Stacey I'm gonna throw it straight at you no one thinks Cincinnati can win this football game are you in that? Are you in that department as well, or um, can you see uh, a little bit of hope there for the Bengals? No, I am all in on the Bengals. I'm all in, and um, and you know, I made some questionable judgments early on in the podcast, you know, with the Jags, but you know, that to it. That to, that's another point, but the Bengals are the legit. They are I like, legit. I like that you're not you're not jumping off. Uh, no, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, look, I, I'm going to jump back on the the Chiefs bandwagon. Uh, for those that have been playing along, you know, love their 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 football last year, but this year I've been their toughest critic, and, and I'm only tough because I love you guys. You know, I love Patrick Mahomes at his absolute best, and obviously we weren't seeing that at the start of the season. But no, Chiefs for me. Um, Beck, you're the deciding vote here. Um, look, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. You know, the AFC title. Um, you know, that's a big accomplishment. Um, we, we spoke about how competitive that is. Where are you going with this one? Yeah, this is going to be a battle. Like it's going to be a really good game. But I'm kind, I kind of have this gut feeling where I want to pick the Bengals. Like I want to go with the underdog. I want to go with the team that no one expects to win or expected to even be in this position to start with. And we've seen some incredible things out of this offense all year. And I just, I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. And like Stay said, if Tyron Matthew is out, that secondary is going to suffer and Jamar Chase is going to capitalize on every single opportunity they give him. Well, I Don't think... forget too that the Bengals actually beat the Chiefs, you know, only a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Right. And it was pretty dominant too. So, and I'm, I have to say it because I haven't said it in so long, is that defense wins championships and the Bengals D is strong. So... We're just thank you, Beck, for jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, there we go. Our voted Bengals to win are going to be definitely an interesting one to watch, and we'll definitely replay that clip uh, if you guys can get get over line. All right, guys, let's um, jump over now to the NFC. And well, again, you talk about whirlwind games. These two teams are coming in off their own dramatic performances. The San Francisco 49ers, Who would have thought um, that they'd be here? And, and I guess maybe for the really passionate, diehard San Francisco fans. You'd probably even predict that there'd be a different QB under centre. But here we are. Jimmy G yeah, is, the, is quarterbacking uh, for an NFC championship. Incredible. And coming up against the LA Rams, um, another team that went all in um, on, on, a, on a risky trade to bring in Matt Stafford. And here they are. Um, Stace, I'm going to throw it to you um, because obviously we, we spent a fair bit of time, you know, reviewing uh, the Rams Bucks game, you know, with a bit of, bit of Tom Brady um, interest there as well. But yeah, talk to us about where LA is at at the moment, because you talk about a volatile football team. That's probably how you best describe the Rams at the moment. Yeah, look, I think that actually Stafford has been waiting for this opportunity for so long. And I actually think that he's <clears throat> actually think that he's built for these big games. You know, he's, he's done his time. He's surveyed the field and he's actually, you know, credit all credit to, you know, the GM and the head of, of the Rams division is, is that, They've finally built a team that can actually win a Super Bowl. I mean, 
Cooper Cup is king and probably one of the best wide receivers that we may ever see. And now that OBJ has kind of found his place, like just watch what's about to happen because, you know, it's a, it's electric, but the defense is super terrifying as well. So when we talk about a balanced football team, I think that, you know, they are one of the better representations of, of a balanced kind of football team at the moment. But I mean, <clears throat> you know, the comparison between Jimmy G and Stafford is just apples and oranges for, for, for me. It's difficult, isn't it, when you when you sort of review those two. Beck, uh, definitely agree with um, Stacey there. They, they've definitely got a high-quality roster, but they do some stupid things. They, they have some immaturity in, in, the, in, their, in their style of play. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the coaching challenges in this one. As Sean McVay tries to, I, I guess... You know, he'll obviously go over the tape with that last performance, but in particular, a player they want to highlight, Cam Akers. Uh, Not his best day of work. Uh, 24 runs for only 48 yards, an average of two yards per carry, and um, obviously two awful uh, fumbles as well. Talk to us about the challenge there as a coach. I mean, because as much as Sean McVay, um, you know, he's he's all about trying to motivate players. Um, Yeah, talk to us about what he's going to do with Cam coming into this week, and there was quite a few players who made some big mistakes in that game. Talk to us about Sean McVay's approach coming into this one. Yeah, I find as a player that situation must be so tough, especially in games that are such important games. Like it's the last thing you want to do is be that guy, and he was that guy twice. So, like, it's it's it has nothing to do with his ability to play. It has nothing to do with, you know, whether he's a good running back or not or whether he's going to, you know, continue to get as many carries next week. It's going to come down to a mental thing. Can you bounce back from this? How, like, I feel like it's, 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 yeah, the coach has to kind of say to, like, have a, that that deeper, meaningful conversation with him. But also it's going to have to be for Akers to have to dig deep inside himself and say, you know, this is a new week, this is a new game, and really get himself mentally prepared and block out last week's game and just start fresh this week. It's super hard, but I think that's what he has to do. I don't think this is a coach coaching coaching thing at this level, it has to be a personal thing. Well, Stacey, yeah, and, and off the back of Beck, just a quick question for you. Um, what do you do if you're Sean? Do you cuddle Cam Akers and try and get him good or do you bench him and bring in our little dynamo, Sony Michelle? Um, obviously, he came through from the from the trade with the New England Patriots. Has he been there most of the year, obviously, with Cam Akers' injury? What do you do at that running back position? Because it's just so important to take a little bit of pressure off Matt Stafford because there were at times where he was feeling a little bit of pressure. Yeah, look, I, you know, I, McVeigh needs to give Akers those reps because he's not going to be able to overcome those mental challenges unless he plays in these big games. And it's better that he has those two fumbles in this game and doesn't do it if they potentially get to a Super Bowl because I really think that having that two-back set with Sony Michelle and Akers is the key to maintaining Stafford's ability to be able to, you know, run the clock. Like I said, it's all about pounding the rock and controlling the clock, and that's what they need to do. We've seen this dual running back kind of situation in a lot of teams this year. And, yeah, I think giving, like Stay said, giving him the reps and the opportunity to bounce back from last week um, will definitely help his game. But I think he could de- you could definitely add Sony Michelle in there for a couple of reps and sub them in and, you know, give this dual running back an opportunity, especially, like you said, with Matt Stafford um, in the backfield feeling pressure. I don't think Matt Stafford performs great under pressure. I don't think he's used to being in this situation. Like this is his first ever championship game. Like he is not one 
a um, playoff game ever and for the first time for it to happen this year with the Rams and to get this far, he's probably feeling a lot of pressure in himself. So he definitely needs that pressure from the defense to be relieved for him to be able to lead this team. And it's not like Akers and Sony Michelle are two completely different running backs. Like you compare them to the Browns, right? You, you've got um, oh, yeah, got Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt, and then you've got Nick Chubb, right? You've got big back, and then you've got power. You've got a power back, and you've got a speedy back. Akers and Michelle are kind of a similar, you know, they're a similar build and they've got a similar style of play, which means that their offense really doesn't have to change a lot, which is an advantage for Matt Stafford because the one thing that I think that lets Matt Stafford down is his ability to um, to adjust quickly, you know, and especially in a playoff game, everything is fast, everything is more intense. So I think that might be his downfall. But I think you're a little bit wrong there, Beck, when you say that he's not ready for this because – you know, the dude played that game with a separated shoulder. Like, you know, I don't, I have nothing against his talent. And I actually think that he's actually finally stepping into his own and taking his place where, you know, the quarterback landscape has been so dominant with your Brady's and your Rogers and your Matt Ryan's and, and all of those kind of guys that he's just kind of been sitting there and waiting for his moment. And I think this might be it. I don't think that he's not ready. I just think he's not been in this situation before, right? So this is very new to him where, you know, when we look at Patrick Mahomes, this is, you know, his third or fourth. Um, he's so ne- he's, he's had never this. not played in a, in a, in a championship yeah. game. So, so, no, and Stafford has been around for such a long time. You would expect someone like that to have a little bit of playoff experience, but he doesn't have any. So this situation is very new to him. And, you know, like you said, it was a big trade and a big swap to get him over to the Rams. So he's obviously feeling like he has to win this game and he's probably going to have a lot of pressure on his shoulders doing that. And quick one on the Rams before we jump into uh, the San Francisco 49ers. I actually think another key part of this one for the Rams is their defense. I actually think this could be the deciding factor. We're about to step in and talk a little bit about San Fran's quarterback, but uh, yeah, Obviously, there are some big-name players on the defensive side of the ball uh, for the Rams, which could make a huge difference. Aaron Donald, uh, he's playing out of his skin at the moment. But Von Miller as well. It just goes to show that the Rams... The Rams' decision philosophy to to not sort of invest in the draft and just go out there and, 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 and trade for ready-made stars and players, it's definitely paying off in the postseason. Their, their roster's aging. I mean, their left tackle is in, is in his 40s, but, um, you know, that, that's, that's a problem for another day. But, um, yeah, watch the LA defense because that could certainly be the difference in this game. All right, guys, let's jump over now to San Francisco 49ers. Uh, we've picked on him a little bit, Jimmy G., um, but I, I guess, Stacey, my reflection and watching San Francisco's play very, very closely is this is a Super Bowl uh, winning team. They, they, they are ready to win right now, except for one position. There is this quarterback in Jimmy G who at the at the worst possible times for, for not a clear reason to a lot of people, he just has those big mistakes in his game and you know, it, it just makes everyone nervous. And, and it really is a shame because the rest of the roster is playing outstanding at the moment. Yeah, completely. I mean, you know, the last time the last time Jimmy G went to the Super Bowl, he didn't have it. And I don't know if he's ever going to have it. Like, it's just that kind of thing. If you don't have it by now, I don't think you're ever going to get it. But for him to be able to win a playoff game with zero passing touchdowns and two interceptions is just damn good luck. Legit. And I mean, if you're looking, if, if we're kind of like looking back at that first quarter um, in their game, like, you know, the receivers couldn't even catch COVID. 
you know, Garoppolo was actually on point a couple of times, but the balls were just just falling out of their hands. So, you know, once they kick into gear, Garoppolo is definitely the the main trigger point for if this is going to work or not. You know, let's not forget the last time they went to the Super Bowl and, you know, again, crap to bed. So I don't know if it's just him or, you know, where we're at with that whole situation. But, you know, I th- I don't know if he's much longer for this block if he doesn't win. Yeah, I think Garoppolo is very lucky to have the players and the team around him that he does because I think in any other team he would not be as successful, like you said, to have a playoff game of throwing zero touchdowns and a couple of intercepts. No one expects you to win that game, but the fact that they they beat, of all teams, the 49, uh, sorry, the Green Bay Packers, like no one's seen that coming. And I think it comes down to the other players on the field, like, you know, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, like. And special teams. Yeah, special teams, like blocking punts. Like it's definitely a game changer, special teams. But, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think he's the heart of this team. He is just a place sitter for now that's just sitting there while they wait for that position, that person to come along and step that team up. And when they do, this team is going to be unstoppable. Yeah, it's a weird case study. Uh, you give away your entire future for Trey Lance, sit him, don't play him, not quite ready. Jimmy G's all over the place. You would just love that. You, you would love if Trey Lance was a, a better prospect. You know, that's a reality. I'm not saying he's not going to be great in his career. I'm sure he is. But, but if he had, just had more to him as, as a player, they could have gone to him, you know, a few weeks before the end of the season and sort of leveled up in the playoffs. So, no, definitely going to be interesting to watch. Again, you talk about another um, – th- this is a tough football team. I thought they benefited um, in terms of playing in the conditions there at Lambeau. That was a tough, gritty game. Getting back to the heat, opening things up, you know, I, I don't know whether San Fran can keep pace, but they have the edge over the Rams. They, they've beat them this season. It's this little wow. bit of a voodoo over this franchise. So, again, another fascinating one. All right, guys, let's do a quick round the grounds in terms of our predictions. I'm going Rams. I'm just very anti-Jimmy G at the moment. Stace? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much with you. I don't think he's got it. I don't think he's going to get it. And I feel sorry for Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel, the fact that they have to go through this without someone a little bit better. Beck, we're, you're hearing very heavy criticism on this side of the uh, on this side of the desk. Obviously, with you know, I mean, they're in an NFC Championship game, but we've just got to be honest. He, he's just not bringing it at the moment. But yeah, what's your thoughts on this? Because again, we cannot forget about that weird voodoo voodoo that's happening between these two franchises. Yeah, like I mean, when we look at this game, like they're not just. Um... NFC, like it's not just a championship game, it's a division rivalry game. Like it's Rams versus 49ers, both in the division with Seahawks. So I kind of like am disappointed that we are not in this game. But I picked them to win last week against Green Bay. I picked 49ers. Me and Barker, we, you know, we backed that underdog and they came through. And I think I'm I'm sticking with my gut. Like I'm I'm picking underdogs this week. I'm just feeling that they're going to step up. And like I said, they've already beat the Rams twice this season. I mean, the second game was a lot closer than the first game, but that game was to get into the playoffs. So I don't think they're going to give up this opportunity easily. And I think we're going to see, hopefully, Debo Samuel. He looked a little bit um, banged up after that game. He might be carrying some injuries this week, but he's going to play his heart out. And we're going to see George Kittle have a good game. Elijah Mitchell is going to come out and have a great running game, and they're going to beat the Rams. All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. 
Yeah, and a quick one here in rapid fire, guys. The question I've got for you is, out of the four remaining teams, which head coach would you most like to see lift the Lombardi trophy? Um, Stacey, going to start with you. Yeah, look, you know, I'm really hoping that the Bengals get it done, but I have a soft spot for Sean McVay. I mean, he's got this offensive mind that's just fascinating to watch, and he faced a lot of pressure early on in his career being so young, um, and it's finally come to a fruition where he's got a team that's actually fully capable and I mean I'm referencing you know the lowest scoring Super Bowl of all time versus the Patriots where the score was 10-3 I mean neither team I don't think had a place being there that was one of the most frustrating Super Bowls I've ever watched but I really hope that Sean McVay can get this done because he's put in the work and and again his schemes are they're really interesting they're kind of Shanahan like um to a some point because they all sat on the same kind of coaching staff back at the Washington Redskins when they were the Redskins so it's going to be pretty interesting but you know I really hope that Sean McVay gets one uh for the young young guns out there yeah the wonder kid he's definitely old enough now to buy a beer which is uh good to see for Sean but uh yeah would would be would would be good to see him get over the hump uh Beck um I'm sticking with the theme of the 49ers winning and going with Kyle Shanahan I think what he has been able to do with this team this year coming into the season they were so underrated nobody was picking the 49ers to even you know sit in the top of their division let alone make a playoff game and the fact that he's been able to adapt this offense to highlight the key players around like regardless like you know most most key players in an offense is the quarterback and it's kind of the opposite at the 49ers, which is a super hard thing to do, I think. And I think that um, he's just worked really hard this season and pushed this team. And I'd love to see, you know, Kyle Shanahan win the Super Bowl. An incredible coach and, uh, you know, obviously gets it from his father, Mike Shanahan, incredible family of football minds there. Look, for me, I'm going to go to Kansas City, Andy Reid. I mean, if you were to mould... The, the, the perfect head coach in a lab, even physically, it would be Andy Reid. We all love him. He's a bigger guy, massive personality, big character. But, um, you know, don't let that fool you for his offensive genius. I mean, this guy just comes up with, uh, with folds on the offensive side of the ball that just keep everyone scratching their heads. And I think he's got a few things planned over these next couple of games. And, you know, obviously they, they haven't... You know, they had a, a, a bit of a setback in last year's Super Bowl, and I, and I think that'll be burning. And, you know, this is their opportunity after overcoming the Buffalo Bills. So, yeah, it'd be great to see Andy Reid get, get another championship. All right, guys, well, that's all the time we have uh, today. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next time, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.